Taiwan and Paraguay celebrated their 65th anniversary of formal ties in July this year. The anniversary comes months after Paraguay appointed a new ambassador to its office in Taiwan, Carlos José Fleitas Rodríguez. Though new to the post, the ambassador has a long history with Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Rodriguez to learn about his mission as Paraguay's representative in Taiwan. Paraguay's newly appointed ambassador to Taiwan, Galos José Fleitas Rodriguez, presents his favorite Paraguayan delicacies. They include asado paraguayo, a traditional barbecue consisting of beef, sausages, pork, and chicken. For dessert, he introduces pasta frola, a pie made of guava paste and quince. Paraguayan food is fundamentally based on corn and cassava. Of course, meat as well. Our meat is among the tastiest meat in the world, and that makes our traditional cuisine also among the tastiest in the world. Fleitas officially took his post as ambassador to Taiwan in April this year, but he has long been acquainted to Taiwan. He served as minister at Paraguay's embassy in Taiwan in 2010 and Charde Affairs in 2012. He later received a master's degree from Danjiang University in 2017. Fleitas said Taiwan and Paraguay have a common history and similar views on democracy and freedom. He said Paraguay will continue to support Taiwan's participation in international organizations for the years to come. Because Taiwan has a shared history with Paraguay, we are united by our values of freedom, justice, democracy, because we believe that Taiwan must once again join international organizations. Our relationship, which has already turned 65 years old, must last. Plato says his primary goal is to promote economic exchanges between the two countries and strengthen investment. It's essential that we strengthen our economic ties so that Taiwanese people can enjoy Paraguayan products and so that Paraguayan people can enjoy Taiwanese products. In addition, we welcome investment by Taiwanese enterprises in Paraguay so that we can work together and strengthen our exchanges. Taiwan and Paraguay marked their 65th anniversary of formal ties with each other in July this year. During his tenure, Fleitas looks forward to deepening the strong bilateral relationship between Taiwan and Paraguay. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yan Wenqian in Taipei. Areas along the east coast on Thursday saw lows of 18 degrees as northeasterly winds blow cool air to Taiwan. The weather was pleasant enough, but that could change on Saturday as tropical storm Muifa approaches. The storm will deliver moisture and clouds to the north and east, covering the moon over the long weekend. Central and southern Taiwan will have the clearest skies to get a good look at the full moon. It's another autumnal morning. On Thursday, lows in the plains sank to 18 degrees, two degrees cooler than two days before. A tropical depression located to the east of Taiwan was on Thursday morning upgraded to a tropical storm. Before Sunday, the tropical storm will slowly approach the seas south of the Ryukyu Islands. It's at this point before next Wednesday that the storm will be closer to Taiwan. Whether tropical storm Muifa will get closer to Taiwan remains to be seen, but it will bring strong northeasterly winds. That means that people in windward areas in the north and east may need some luck to see the full moon over the mid-autumn festival long weekend. 
Be mindful of changes in the weather. During the day on Sunday, northeasterly winds will blow in, bringing moisture to windward areas. The north and east could see localized showers. The Freeway Bureau reminds travelers to check road conditions before setting off on road trips to avoid getting stuck in traffic. We expect lots of cars on some southbound sections of Freeway Number、no. Five from Nangang Junction to Toucheng. Congestion won't ease until late at night. There will be heavy traffic along the southbound lanes of Freeway Number、no. One until about 10 or 11 p.m. People are rushing back to their hometowns for the Mid-Autumn Festival long weekend, causing congestion until late at night. Travelers are advised to set off even earlier than usual to avoid heavy traffic and make it home safely. Besides the moon, one of the key symbols traditionally associated with the Mid-Autumn Festival are rabbits, which make a great element in festive pictures. That's especially true in Yilan's Dongshan Township, where a gigantic inflatable lantern of a bunny hugging the moon now dominates the plaza outside the local train station. Take a photo with it, and you can pick up a locally grown pomelo for free from the township office. And the bunny is not alone. There is also a lantern in the shape of a rocket ship and another in the shape of a colorful UFO. The local township office spent 300,000 NT in the installations and readied about 600 kilograms of pomelos for visitors. The lanterns will light up the square every day from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. until the end of October. Hualien has a new bus station, and it's one of the most high-tech in Taiwan. The new station has a live stream from nearby attractions, letting visitors see how big the crowds are. Station staff will take your luggage directly to your hotel, and the bus timetables are clearly displayed outside the train station, making a visit to the coastal city more convenient than ever before. The newly opened Hualien bus station. Above the ticket counter is a giant electronic board listing the departure times of both city buses and long-distance coaches. Getting home or heading out for an adventure, it's all equally convenient. In the past, travelers would come out of the station, and if they wanted to transfer to our Good Trip Taiwan coach, they might not know the departure times. Now we've integrated all the travel information. It's available not only inside the bus station, but also the same information is at the exit of the train station. The station also offers special luggage delivery services. If your hotel is collaborating with the station, you can drop off your luggage at the station to be delivered to your room directly. Then you can go off sightseeing light. It sounds very convenient, but it's probably connected to the hotel you book. Travelers don't need to worry about their luggage. They can go into the city center or wander around the area. And if travelers are about to leave, but the train isn't here yet, they can leave their luggage at our station. And there's even a 5G live stream from scenic sites around Hualien that allows visitors to check out the exact size of the crowds at each location and decide where they want to go. This is a bus station informed by the latest technology. The zero-contact market is heating up. The latest trend is for smart vending machines that sell made-to-order convenience store foods. The machines allow customers to order lunch or a snack on their phone, and then pick it up from a machine below the office block or just down the road. There are already thousands of such machines operating in Taiwan. When you're looking for a quick bite of lunch, nothing is worse than ending up in a long queue. 
But now, there's this new smart vending machine. No need to wait. Just pick up your hot lunchbox and go. The lunchtime rush is over and the employees hurry to restock the vending machines. The app has two delivery windows every day, lunchtime and afternoon tea. You just buy it on the app and come down here, no need to queue. Almost all the buildings around here are office blocks, so if you go out to buy food at noon, the queues are always really long. You don't have to talk to anyone, you just collect it by yourself. Office workers often face a choice between a cold packed lunch and long queues to buy something hot. Now, the automatic convenience store trend is growing. Smart vending machines like this one offer new options. 7-Eleven has installed more than 1,500 vending machines in commercial districts. They are integrated with the delivery app when you order purchases in advance or for straight away. Family Mart vending machines feature two compartments of different temperatures. Almost 50 can be found in technology parks and military barracks. OK Mart and OK Mini have almost 500 machines customized to their locations. University locations, for example, can install coffee machines. We also have product lines for Muslims based on the smart vending systems. The increase in payment ratios at our in-person stores is also reflected in the services at the smart vending machines. I think that in the new era of zero-contact purchases, the smart vending system is a pioneer. The post-pandemic era is still unfolding and there is a definite trend for zero-contact services. The products available with zero-contact continue to diversify and technological systems to proliferate, giving consumers more and more options. NRICM 101 is an herbal formula that has shown promise at preventing severe COVID symptoms. Patients with mild to moderate symptoms can request a course free of charge paid for by the government. Now, an improved version of the formula could soon hit the market for patients with severe symptoms. Let's hear from the National Research Institute of Chinese Medicine. NRICM 102 was administered to patients with severe symptoms, and we observed the risk of death after introducing the formula. The formula reduced the death rate drastically by 74.07%. The reasons NRICM 102 is effective in patients with moderate to severe symptoms are, first, it strengthens the patient's ability to fight the virus, and second, it moistens the lungs. It can protect lung cells by inhibiting apoptosis. It has had a very clear effect on COVID Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5. Researchers carried out clinical trials with 246 patients with severe COVID symptoms who were attached to ventilators. They were split into two groups. After 30 days, seven patients who had received NRICM-102 had died, in contrast with 27 deaths in the group that were treated with the normal methods. The developers say they are readying the relevant documents to get the formula approved for emergency use as soon as possible. We head now to Taichung for a sumptuous hot pot banquet. The restaurant we're visiting prides itself on offering a hot pot for everyone. But the jewel in its crown is a luxurious plate of clams, which are carefully selected to ensure that each one is at its best. This extravagant land and sea hot pot features fresh prawns and saw-tipped squid, alongside slices of tender beef, vegetables and dumplings. But the star is yet to come. 
In this dish are more than 150 clams, a full 3 kilograms. Each one is large and lustrous. Most come from Taishi and Yunlin or Wanggong in Zhanghua, grown with love by local farmers. But clams are a tricky business and often get infected in the summer. Farmers have to separate the wheat from the chaff very carefully to select only the best. Aside from the quality of the clams, the farmers also filter them twice for us as they bring them over, both by tapping them to make a sound and also by getting the sand out of them. And in the kitchen, the sound is tested in a third and final check. If it's dead, it sounds a bit like a blank cartridge. The kitchen consultant previously worked for six years in the culinary paradise of Hong Kong, bringing back this flat walk. The aesthetic changes to the food during cooking are incorporated into the ritual of the meal. Hot pot relies on its stock, and here they use chicken, pork leg and pork rib. The clams add a final flourish to the taste, as well as a chewy and juicy texture. Customers can add in extras to suit their own palate. The stock is sweet and delicious. There's no sand at all. Taichung's hot pot industry is bursting at the seams. It takes something special to stand out. Here it's the clams which have been elevated from a supporting character to the lead role. If that weren't enough, why not try the lemon barbecued pork? It rounds out a table groaning with something for even the pickiest diner. The Asia Rainbow Ride is an annual charity cycling event in Taiwan that raises money for LGBT services. The three-day ride will kick off this year on October 21st to mark Taiwan's Pride Month. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the organizers to find out more. Taiwan is the beacon of hope for all of Asia. Cycle through Taiwan's northeast coast, admiring the beautiful scenery. The Asia Rainbow Ride will kick off once more on October 21st. It is the three-day, two-night charity bike ride that supports the LGBTQIA services in Asia. We support our beneficiary includes the Taiwan, um, the Taiwan AIDS Foundation, um, the Taiwan Equality Campaign, and also the Taiwan Tongzi Hotline. There are different policies. There are, um, so many NGOs are doing a great job, um, just making sure that this movement is integrated into society. And I think at this stage, uh, since Taiwan passed same-sex uh, marriage, uh, for now it's more about just, you know, the community integrating into society as a whole. In March 2020, Lisa Dezols, the co-founder of the Asia Rainbow Ride, participated in a week-long bike ride around Taiwan, known as a Tour of Taiwan. After the ride, she was inspired to start a charity bike ride in Taiwan. The ride is modeled after a ride in California, from San Francisco to LA. And uh, knowing that Taiwan is the beacon of hope for Asia in terms of LGBT rights and community, and also the best place for cycling in Asia, we thought it was the best place for a charity bike ride to support our community. Throughout the trip, cyclists will bike a total of 229 kilometers. Bikers will take off from Taipei, stop at Ilan and Fulong, then cycle back to Taipei. The trip is a three-day, two-night cycling event with activities such as a film screening and yoga session. Every year we get better, so this year we have an increased amount of companies participating. We have a film screening one night, we have a yoga session on the beach the second night, we have a drag show the last night. So it's really a fun event for not only LGBT people but allies to come together and, uh, you know, 
Cycle for Love. Organizers hope to provide a platform for people to exchange ideas, challenge themselves, and raise awareness and money for LGBT services in Asia. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shi Bohan in Taipei. An amusement park in Xinzhu now offers Taiwan's first ever course to get certified as a ski instructor. Up until now, people wishing to get certified would have to travel abroad to colder climates, which came at a high cost. Now they can simply pop over to Xinzhu to attend a course conducted by a Canadian instructor with 31 years of experience. The license allows skiers to teach and legally work as ski instructors and to take groups of travelers abroad to experience the snow. The skier glides down the slope, linking parallel turns, and ends with a nice open curve. A duo rushes down perfectly in sync. For ski instructors, maneuvers like this are a walk in the park. Previously, ski aficionados who wanted to get certified would have to travel abroad to places like Japan or Canada, a costly affair. But now all it takes is a trip to Shinju. We hope that this kind of certification can allow for the training of more skiing instructors, who in the future can take Taiwanese to do snow sports abroad. To encourage more Taiwanese to become ski instructors, a Japanese ski school launched this certification course in collaboration with an amusement park in Shinju, which has been operating an indoor ski slope for 10 years. They brought over ski examiners from Canada to conduct Taiwan's first instructor certification course. Those who pass the course can obtain a level one certification, allowing them to take tourists to ski abroad once tour travel restrictions are lifted. This certification makes Taiwanese ski instructors internationally certified as such. They can apply for a work visa and work legally in Japan. They can teach more Taiwanese people how to enjoy the slopes and ski safely. Snow sports have increasingly become a popular pastime in Taiwan despite the lack of snow locally. Some practice the sport by forming tour groups and travel abroad just for skiing. Making certification more accessible could allow more Taiwanese skiers to become instructors and live abroad or take group tours and ski trips. For learners, it offers peace of mind, knowing that they are in good hands with someone who speaks their own language. President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received a delegation led by U.S. Representative Stephanie Murphy. The occasion is the latest in a string of visits by U.S. officials to Taiwan. Murphy stated that the delegation's three-day itinerary is a demonstration of Washington's rock-solid commitment to Taiwan. President Tsai took the opportunity to assert that Taiwan will not succumb to Chinese coercion. Eight U.S. representatives embarked on the latest visit to Taiwan, the largest delegation yet during this session of Congress. I want to thank the delegation for visiting just as China has held prolonged military drills in the area. This conveys rock-solid support for Taiwan from the U.S. Congress. Here, I want to take this opportunity to tell our friends that Taiwan will not bow to pressure or coercion. We will defend our democratic institutions and way of life. Taiwan will not back down. We will actively deepen our cooperation with democratic partners to jointly safeguard peace and stability in the region. Our delegation 
as with every congressional delegation that has visited, is a symbol of Congress's rock-solid commitment to Taiwan. This message is especially strong coming from Congress, which is a co-equal branch of the American government. This is the sixth U.S. delegation to visit Taiwan since China's military exercises in early August. Meanwhile, a delegation led by Cyril Peleva, vice president of the French Senate's European Affairs Committee, met with Vice President Lai Qingde. This not only represents France's support for a democratic Taiwan, but also sends an important message to the international community. Countries that cherish democracy and freedom and value human rights must unite and work together to stop the expansion of totalitarianism. This series of visits by foreign officials to Taiwan shows just how important Taiwan's security is to the international community. The issue of cross-strait tensions was a point of a discussion at the U.S.-based think tank Atlantic Council. U.S. Air Force Deputy Chief of Staff Samuel Clinton Highnote said the U.S. would make it as hard as possible for China to even consider making a move on Taiwan. He said the U.S. military would turn such an attack from China into one of the toughest military operations in history. Let's hear what he said really hard to do offensive maneuvers against our friends. Uh, and uh, I would hope that our potential adversary, China, might think about that. I would hope that they would realize we're not going to just let their logistics flow. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to stop it and make that one of the most difficult military operations in history. Uh, and I think we have a chance to do that. Cross-strait tensions are on the rise, and the U.S. is ramping up its support for Taiwan. In an interview with Bloomberg, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that a Chinese invasion of Taiwan remained a distinct threat as China's official policy leaves the door open to such a move. Sullivan stressed that the U.S. remained firm in its position of opposing any efforts to change the status quo by force.